Hello and welcome to Phoenix Talk Radio, the voice of the rise, where we bring you news and reviews, discussion and debate about the art scene in California's Central Valley. I'm Andrew Burkham, and this week I have a very special guest host with me. Since Rob Hypes is out of town, it's Catherine Zagoni. Yes, thank you for inviting me to the morning zoo. <laughs> welcome to the morning zoo, also the new name of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yes, I am so excited to have you here in the studio. Thank you for joining me. Oh, and I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Um, why don't we start out with you? Tell, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, and, and importantly, it's an arts show, so tell us about your involvement tell with that. the arts. Okay, hi. My name is Catherine Zagoni, and I have been living in the Central Valley for this juncture of my life for about the past three years. It's almost been three years exactly. Hmm. And we moved from uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, where I was also involved in the arts. Um, What I do is I act and direct. Mm -hmm. And I'm also a board member for a prospect theater project. Mm -hmm. So huzzah. And then uh, my husband is a writer, and I am the ghost writer that doesn't get any credit for the good jokes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> those would all be me every time you get go clutch your pearls and go Ooh, that's me well now it's out um so i have i got the pleasure of working with you in Clyburn park just recently yes. that was a yes. fabulous show you were amazing in it let me just tell you that on camera oh thank you and you were okay i was there <laughs> you I, were you were a nice warm presence i showed up every every, every night day. Like on time, super good. He knew all of his lines, <laughs> um, and he hung up his costume every night. So for the most part, you yeah. know, I think it's good. Good working with him. Good working with him. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna go through with our live show again for those of us who are with us uh, on Facebook Live. So we're gonna start. We always start okay. with a topic of the week. All right. We always like to take an arts topic and and we we start with our commentary on that or just a little discussion on that. So last week, Rob and I, we talked about performing theater and creating art in non-traditional or unconventional spaces, which was interesting. Um, But this week, I wanted to talk, especially with you, because, you know, you're a director, you're an actor, you're a writer. I want to talk a little bit more about the mechanical end. So when we, since we're, we've established, we're in an age where People consume art differently. Mm-hmm. They don't come into contact with it in the same ways that they used to. And so as as artists and performers and writers and, and, and directors, we have to come up with new ways to engage our audiences. And so what I wanted to talk about this week is how, how do we write and perform and create theater specifically directly uh, differently? In an age where, where things have changed so much. What, what do you think about that? Uh, well, I... I do think you're sitting here and you're talking about like the second oldest profession is theater. (laughs) And we have and we are so technologically advanced right now. We're also in a 24 hour news cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, There's all types of media that we can consume. But when you get down to it, what it comes to is storytelling. So which that's essentially theater. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something about theater the fact that you have butts in the seats and you have to go there and you're not in your jammies in your room consuming that piece of art that makes it immediate and um because it's immediate it's a five week long process to make it immediate right? right but because it's immediate there's that interaction and 
I would like to start exploring more things where we can start breaking down that fourth wall more and more and more and not so much like, you know, cheesy grins at the audience and winking at them, but Mm -hmm. doing things to really challenge them. And I think that goes into probably your topic last week where we talked, you guys talked about site-specific theater. Yep. I also think like this podcast Mm -hmm. is a huge step towards that. Mm -hmm. And then I also think we need to bring in younger audiences. And I think that goes back to training. You have children. I have children, Mm -hmm. right? Training them to go to the theater. Right. Um, Because you just can't show up at a theater at 14 and expect to get it or 18 and expect to get it. Um, But if you start training kids to go see theater, enjoy theater, experience theater, Mm -hmm. there's going to be that younger injection into the art form and you know and making it topical i saw this great thing on facebook today this uh a friend of mine i think it was in jest Mm -hmm. but uh, she said oh the new Macbeth is and we've already picked our cast and it was a picture of donald trump jr and ivanka (laughs) oh boy and eric and i thought okay great idea wrong play Uh uh because it should be king lear right absolutely but it would be like wouldn't that be great but by the time that you know you write it say Mm -hmm. you could probably you know shakespeare it's already so you have a found text right Right. you could take a week or two adapting it but then you could like pump it in with uh comedy and Mm -hmm. you know steve bannon can be the fool and then you've got uh you know uh mueller in there so you there's just different ways that you can reframe art when I think immediacy, I always think politics, but there's certainly a lot of different issues and things that you can adapt to stuff. And hey, how about getting rid of the old white guys? Yeah. If I have to see another, pl- and I'm married to an old white guy, right? So I can say this: it's not it's not sexist <laughs> or racist, but you know, getting some different voices mm-hmm. in theater, then you're going to get more of that immediacy. Yeah. No, I agree. And that's that immediacy is the other thing that I was thinking about when I came up with this topic is the world is in it's not it's not I don't think the world is necessarily changing faster than it ever has. My theory about it has always been change is just communicated more immediately in the world now than it ever was because of the advent of modern communications technology and all mm-hmm. the stuff that we're doing right now, right? Mm-hmm. So how does theater compete? Or keep up with with what's going on because just like you said, there's got to be a rehearsal process. There's got to be, and so I, you know, I think about things like how do we incorporate elements of maybe improvisational theater? Yeah, yeah, I think th- that's a great way to put it, improvisational. Mm-hmm. And then like you have your current themes, what's mm-hmm. going on in society and topics, and you can ruminate on those themes. Uh, we used to do my husband and I when we were in LA mm-hmm. and. Then in Portland, and then we've done a couple here, have done Quality Pie. And the whole idea is like, mm-hmm. you know, here's the theme. We get three writers, yeah. bust out a play, usually a 10-minute play within a one-week period, mm-hmm. cast it, rehearse it after another week, and then put it on the third week. Right. And that gets us a little bit closer to that immediacy. I do think improv makes me think of stand-up comedy. Yeah. And, I, you know, that's – I did some stand-up in uh, Portland, and it was – you know, challenging. Uh, <laughs> yes. But it, that's also a great way to talk about, to riff about politics or mm-hmm. sexuality mm-hmm. or, you know, ethics, right. whatever, what have you. And that, and that's another immediate form. But we could really do, stand for an injection mm-hmm. of um, some more improv. Yeah. Maybe, you know, do some courses and stuff like that. I've always been interested in that. I would take it if it was here. Yeah, me too. That was a lot of my, when I was younger as an actor, a lot of my 
training was focused around improv- improvisation in theater. Uh, I had a professor in college, and she kind of taught everything from that place, mm. which was really interesting. Kind of taking the taking the text and then being really irreverent with the text and then moving back to a place of reverence with the text after you'd kind of worked the guts of it out. Wow. So that was really interesting. And I carried that into – when I used to teach, I, I taught theater primarily to, to kids and – Worked with kids from, you know, like kindergarten age all the way up through high school. And even with my very, very youngest ones, I would, I, because of that experience, I always, I always approached the concept of teaching theater from that standpoint of let's improvise. Let's take what's inside and, and learn to bring it outside. Mm. And then we move it, you know, we move it next into, into the zone of the text. And I think there's a, there's a little bit of a lost art there because we have associated improvisation so much with comedy yeah. in the modern age, right? Yeah. It's a game show to us or something mm-hmm. else. And there's good stuff that's going on. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I've got friends down in Merced that do are doing kind of a regular improv show down there, and it's amazing. It's great. But bring breaking it out of just being a comedy exercise and putting it back into a, being a technique that we use for theater – and then bridging that over to the way that we create and present things that are topical for everybody. And, and John in chat here says, keep up with the times. And that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. So you and I, we could get out there between the two of us and we could brainstorm and riff on whatever the topic of the day is and then do some kind of long, I'm, long form improv is something that I'm really interested in. It's mm-hmm. something that I haven't done for probably 25 years, uh, but that I think is something that we should look at bringing back, yeah. you know, and and just making those connections and then bringing the audience in as well. Because that's the great thing is you get the opportunity then to take, hey, you know, what are suggestions of things that you guys would, would want to interact with in this space? Well, and I think that that's, that's a sense of play that we're mm-hmm. missing from theater. Mm-hmm. And I think if you can build those relationships, and um, we had some really good relationships in th- in uh, Seattle when we were doing theater at Open Circle. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Nick would come in with a good skeleton of a piece Mm -hmm. and we'd have a director and then we'd have actors and we just kind of go through it. And if, if they, you know, more like they're running television today, some of your premium television today, a lot of it is like, I'm just going to give you a situation Mm -hmm. and you go for it. But going back to your point about, you know, uh, improv equals comedy that is that's a challenge mm-hmm. right to reprogram audiences and get them to embrace that difference that difference there that is really it isn't all about comedy it can be it can tell a story it can be dramatic it, mm-hmm. all, it can be funny it can be tragic it can be all these things romantic right and and just bring that back and i think that would actually be really interesting yeah is like you just have improv and you get a theme mm-hmm. and then you do these uh, different flavors of it, mm-hmm. right? So you make a, a comedic scene, you make a tragic scene, and stuff like that. And I, you know, and for an actor and a director, my gosh, and right. a writer, and, and and even the audience, I yeah. think that would just be a great immediate experience. And that addresses what I like about theater is that it's ephemeral in nature. It's like you have to be there. Right. It had. It was a happening. Mm-hmm. You know, it was an experience that right. can't be replicated. And I hate to, you know, sound like a, but it's, that's what makes it, you know, the priceless thing. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. When you say that, it makes me think about some of the things that I've, I've read about and unfortunately have never had the opportunity to attend. You see a lot of these 
kind of ah, I, I don't even know what the it's it's participatory theater is what it is mm-hmm. and it's you know you'll go to an experience and you'll kind of be led through the experience one maybe one room at a time and a lot of them are are kind of I, I think they they started around the idea of making a maybe a more cerebral and a more interesting version of a haunted house mm-hmm. you know from this this kind of horror aspect and uh, they've evolved into something really interesting. I read about one recently that was based on Alice in Wonderland, and it all took place in kind of this mental, this this abandoned mental facility. And just really interesting as people would travel from one place to the other, and there were even some branching paths, which is something I've been experimenting with recently too. Um, we have a program called Pick Your Path where it's an audience comes in, they sit down, we do it as dinner theater, and uh, yeah. they literally get to choose their way through, you know, through the story that we've written for them. Talking about escape rooms, yeah. but really what as an escape room is, is participatory. I hate that word. No, it's good. You, you did uh, well. Did I nail it? Mm-hmm. Participatory. Landed it. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, theater. Is is mm-hmm. what an escape room is, right. and that's and that that is a great immediate experience. And it's like it would be super great to get something like that concept into a traditional theater space. Mm-hmm. Do it and say this is really what theater is. You like going to escape rooms? It's it's in a sense it's a theater. Going back to uh, past theater experiences, we did um, what we did is we opened our house, and we had our house was built in 1909. Oh wow! And it was a four square style, which is an architecture that's specific uh, to the Pacific Northwest. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had each of the playwrights write a ten minute thing, and we assigned them each a room in the house, and then we invited an audience, and the audience we had enough rounds that they could come around and see whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in whatever order, they could see the same thing twice, et cetera. Wow. And it was a fundraiser. And what was amazing about it mm-hmm. is people came out and said, oh, it was so great how what happened in the bathroom was connected into what happened in the bedroom and the basement. And it was like there was no connectivity. They had no idea. Yeah. Everything that these folks did, you know, and that's like the audience creating their own connections yes. and their own story. I mean, it, and that was I think that was the funnest part about that. Uh, another time in um, when we lived in L.A. and uh, we were friends with a playwright, uh, we still are, uh, Jeff Good, and he did this play called Marley's Ghost. And mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm. it's about the fall of Marley pre-Scrooge. Sure. And he got access to the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Oh. And so there was luminaries all set up. Wow. And you walked the path and they did amazing things. And it you know they'd have a big crypt and they'd have somebody all whited out and so they'd look like a relief on on the crypt and they'd have a candle and they'd sing and then they had people uh you know making noises off in different corners and then you went into the one of the crypts and they had a multimedia presentation and that goes back to that site specific stuff but it was also you know it was an event you felt you felt afraid, and they had a freshly dug grave in the ground. I mean, it was wow. it it was probably one of my top five theatrical experiences. That's incredible. Yeah. So my question for you is is this right? You and I are are both deeply involved with theater and the creation of theater. We both have connections to organizations, multiple organizations that create theater and that create art out out in the world. What does it take to make this happen? What do we need to do 
to in, to engage people with this kind of thing, to engage the art community with this mm-hmm. kind of thing and say, hey, art community, this is something we got to do. I think where we really struggle is bringing in audiences, mm-hmm. right? I think there's mm-hmm. oh, there's plenty of people doing exceptional work mm-hmm. in, you know, the godforsaken Central Valley. You know, here we are, but we've got <laughs> a lot of arts people here. And I think it's... It goes back to like educating the audience. Mm-hmm. We need with our theatrical institution, we need to do things where we build audience members for young age. So that is community outreach mm-hmm. to the schools. I know they used to do this thing where they went around to the schools and, you know, you pretend to be John Steinbeck and you mm-hmm. go in there and you talk about Steinbeck and we need to introduce theater back into the schools. Yes. I mean, now I've been looking at high schools for Ike and some of the places don't even have high schools. Right, don't even have a theater education department. There's nothing. No, I mean they may have a drama club. Yeah, well, and that's the way it is. So my son goes to high school, and they've got uh, they've got actually pretty good music programs. Uh-huh. But their theater program is exactly that. It's a drama club. They 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 do one show a year. And I came from a tradition where at my high school, uh, yeah. you know, we were. We prov- I don't even know how many. We did a full season every mm-hmm. year at, at my high school between musicals, between straight shows, improvisation, all, all that stuff alongside the education. And I'm super grateful that I had that education and I'm super irritated that my son can't get it without me having to go out and find organizations that are creating it outside that space. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I was looking at, uh, I was looking at a private Catholic high school that will remain nameless. And for the money, you're paying this huge sum. And I'm looking, okay, what is my son interested in? Right. No drama department. I mean, none. Mm -hmm. And Nick, my husband, just uh, started a drama department at Delta Charter High School. Oh, cool. So, I mean, there's people out there that's doing that. But I think it's, how do you bring young people and audiences? You got to train them early. And so that creates and sustains your audience. Mm -hmm. And then there's the fact of the matter is, Andrew, Mm -hmm. is, you know, we're both, I'm, I'm 35, you're 27. (laughs) We're not as young as we used to be. It's true. We don't have, you know, we don't have, you know, hell, I mean, can you remember when we were young and in our 20s and 30s and we were doing, you know, oh, let's put on a show in a barn. We did that. We had that energy to go out and do sweat equity. Remember, there was a lawyer in town here when I was in uh, at Stanislaus State. Mm -hmm. And we painted the guy's office and helped him lay carpet so that we could do a show in the space. Right. Right. And so I think there's that, Mm -hmm. which also melds into your idea of that site specific. It's like, look for that opportunity. What can we do out there? Yeah. And I think as we start taking uh, seriously at at Prospect Theater and other people about our sponsorships in the community and start mm-hmm. heightening that up at the corporate, business, and individual levels. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully we're creating audiences. And you know, the worst thing that you can do is give somebody a free ticket. Yeah, I, I you know, I that's kind of tongue in cheek, but no, you know, you, if you've got spaces, let's let's all these theaters, let's start instituting a rush. Yeah, you know, instead of going at like this season, we're going at seven thirty. Mm-hmm. So instead of going at 7.30, right, that's when all the people there, boom, go at 7.35 and have right. a five-minute rush or something like there that. There you go. And you, and you build that mm-hmm. goodwill in the community and, and, and doing, you know, and then doing more accessible work. You have to pick work that yeah. people, a diverse audience wants to see and experience. Well, and sometimes that means 
we have to we've got to be brave and we got to create some stuff and and this is the same conversation we've been having right yeah. for the last for the last however long it's the same conversation it means that sometimes in order to bridge the gap between the audiences we have and the audiences we we want we have to create things that will will bridge that gap yeah 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 and i think you know and that goes a lot what about uh, you know, a, a playwright that's associated with the theater. Right. You know, that's that's a convention that's going away that you mm-hmm. only see in the big cities. But I think there's a lot of that where we look at, you know, we had Valley Voices and, mm-hmm. and we've had things like Slam on Rye. Yeah. I am sure if we nurtured more of that mm-hmm. and really instituted a training program as we're running our theaters. So, hey, you can have the same lighting designer show after show after show after show mm-hmm. or you can start mentoring kids right. and young adults and even older adults and people. Sure. And so, and that brings, every time that you bring somebody into theater, you're adding people to your community and that's all theater is. It's a big mm-hmm. community of storytellers. And that's exactly right. Well, we could talk about this all day long. We could. We could, but we're not going to <laughs> <laughs> because we're going to move on and we're going to start talking. Mm. It's around the valley. This is our segment where we talk about all of the stuff that's going on out there. And there's a ton of stuff going on this week. Not this week. Just Let me put general. on my sunglasses, right, Andrew, if we're going to go on a trip. Here we go. We're going on a trip. It's theme music. There's no theme music. For <laughs> hey, the first thing that's on my list here is Prospect Theater Project presents Yankee Tavern by yes, Stephen Dietz. Stephen Dietz. Well, hey, later on, I'm going to be talking to Michael Hewitt from the Prospect Theater Project, who's directing Yankee Tavern. But you know, in brief, what's your what's your dick? What do you, what do you know? You're a board member. What do you what do you know about Yankee Tavern? Um, I don't want to see. I don't. I know what it's about. Right. Right. And I mean, I'm being, don't don't spoil it. I'm being right? a little cheeky, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's you know. Yankee Tavern has got a little bit of romance, and it's a younger couple, um, the bartender, and I believe she's a a cocktail waitress, but I think one of them owns the bar. Mm-hmm. And then there's an old regular in there, played by Jack Sousa. <laughs> Play, no, no, no. A mature, had, a mature regular. I was going to say, what we have to say is anytime we mention Jack in a role, we have to say, played brilliantly by Jack Sousa. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, played brilliantly by Jack Sousa. <laughs> and then my husband plays... A feller, a stranger that walks into the bar. Awesome. And he says, why the long face? (laughs) (laughs) I just totally murdered that joke. an emo. (laughs) Oh, that was a bad joke. joke. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's Um, funny. It's, it's, I don't want to give away the, I I don't even want to say what the thing is because mm -hmm. I'm afraid I'll tip the hand, so I'm not going to do it. All right. I I don't want to know anymore. We'll see, we'll see how well Hewitt can, can toe that line. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, so that and that's going down. It uh, opens on September 14th. It runs through the 30th. And for tickets and details, please contact the PTP box office at 209-549-9341. Or you can, of course, visit us online at prospecttheaterproject.org. This is the opening of their, I guess I can say our, since I'm, I'm technically yes. a member now. Uh, this is the opening of our 18th season. That is correct. Cool. That's Yeah, it's very exciting. We've got a great season. Um we're going to open up with a bang and close with a whimper. 
what's what's the what's the last show? Don't go and don't look up the season. It's gonna be great, whatever it is. Walk in the woods. There, oh, that's right, a walk in the woods. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm actually really excited about. Yeah, a walk there's in some. The woods. There's yeah. I'm the flick. I'm totally. Yeah. I'm totally excited about. Yeah. Plus, we have like you mentioned the radio cavalcade. Well, you're gonna go over this. The next thing is, and this is crazy. Because I was I was just contacted today. So every week when I'm about to do this show, I throw out a little thing on Facebook in the that. in the Central Valley Theater group and I just say, Hey, if you've got something you want to plug, let me know. And typically I hear absolute radio silence except from uh Colton Dennis, who is very gracious to send me all of his stuff. And we love him for and it. We do love him for it. He was on the show last week. He was a great interview. He was? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't heard your episode yet, Cole. You should go back and Cole listen to it. In. He's really interesting to uh, to talk to. So, But this is something that's going on that's been going on apparently for a while, and I was not aware of it. It is the, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, you'll have to give so, me like a high level it's a movie that happened. Give me, give me the fifty thousand overview. Um, of that. It is well, <laughs> you've seen Hamlet, right? Yes, it's basically that. Oh, okay, yeah. great, 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 great. Uh, so, but with Tim Curry in um, in stockings. Okay, playing Hamlet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically. yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, got it. So yeah, so they're doing this in Stockton at the Showbiz Theater, which is down on the Miracle Mile. Now today, I spoke with James Snyder. Who, okay. who is directing this show, uh, which sounds like a blast. Rocky, you know, Rocky Horror is is super fun. Yep. You know, it takes me back to my high school days. Hamlet and Fishnets. Yep. Hamlet and Fishnets, basically. Yep. And so it is a live show. So it's not the movie. A lot of places they'll go and they'll do and the do, movie. And no, no, and no. And then you'll participate. No, no, no. It's, this is the live show, but with audience participation with the live show, a live band, fully interactive. Shout outs, shadow script, goodie bags uh, for the audience oh, with so all smart. the props, right? It yeah. is awesome. So that show runs October 18th through November 3rd. And for more information, you can go to showbiztheater.org. Now that's biz, B-I-Z, uh-huh. theater, R-E, uh-huh. dot org. And then, O-R-G. Yep, dot, uh, O-R-G. And yeah, you can also call 209-938-0447. sounds like you're saying O-R-G. 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 I like it. That's probably why you chose it. That <laughs> hey, makes sense. Um, yeah. What time is that? Is it at midnight? Like, Because usually when you go see Rocky Horror, it's at midnight. So they have a couple of different things, and I don't have this. I'm going to be updating this on a weekly basis because okay. James said that he was going to he was gonna send me out some additional information, kind of they're releasing things. Right now he's like, well, just, you, just say this. And then we're going to start kind of introducing our actors. A lot of their actors apparently have been on stage at Stockton Civic Theater. Okay, that's right? a good gig, which yeah. Is, right, which is the, a great organization. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing who's involved with it. And we'll, we'll have more to come. What I do know is they have some shows that are at like regular theater times. Mm-hmm. And then they're doing some late night shows as well. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. so you'll get both experiences depending on what your, what your schedule. Next section. Upcoming at the MAC. This is this is Yay. this is Colton's jam down in Merced. There is cool stuff going on. Upcoming at the Mac, we have artist Otto. I think I want to say Regan. It's R I G A N. Colton, correct me if I'm wrong. So I can fix it in the final version. Is to speak on UC Merced's public arts project on campus. This happens Friday, September 14th at 7 p.m. And this particular artist has been hired by UC Merced to develop an art master plan that addresses the present and future growth of the campus. So really cool that the UC has actually brought an artist on to consider what that growth looks like. 
That's really cool. And that yeah. goes back into what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Huzzah, you see what I said. That talk with um, with Otto Regan is, is free. It is presented by the Mac for free on September 14th at 7 p.m. Kids Days at the Mac. Yay! Yeah, this is cool. This happens Saturday, September 15th. And it's 11 a.m. through 1 p.m. It is also free. It's for five uh, kids five years up and older and parents too, he says in parentheses. <laughs> uh, September 15th is Talk Like a Pirate Day. And that's followed by, and I quote, Art. <laughs> wow. Young pirates will use transparencies and oil pastels and more to create pirate art. Each month, there will be a new activity or performance, which will be appropriate for children of all ages. For a complete schedule of the next four months of programs, visit the Art Council's website, artsmerced.org, and sign up to receive their newsletter. I think you should get off your booty right? and sign up for Let's it. Do it now. Do it right now. Now we sound uh, like, like Bean and Tom yeah, at the morning exactly. zoo. <laughs> oh, boy. I need sound effects. I just yeah. put some sound effects put in. Put that fart noise. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, For the series, the hands-on art activities are designed to have children drop in and participate. All the performances and hands-on art activities are free, thanks to a grant from the Merced County Office of Education. Huzzah. Yeah, right. I love those guys. And supporters of the Merced County Arts Council. Before or after the activities, families are encouraged to visit the art galleries in the Art Center, which I was just talking about. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, the MAC. It's at 645 West Main Street. For more information, you can call 209-388-1090 or email director at artsmerced.org. And finally, from Colton, the Merced Shakes second weekend of the Merry Wives of Windsor. Yes. And that's Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m., Sunday at 5 p.m. This happens outdoor at Applegate Park Amphitheater there in Merced, and it is completely free to the public, and it's super fun. I love doing Shakespeare in the Park. It's a blast. Uh, Phoenix Creative Collective, we have a show that's up right now. It's called Saboteur. So here's, here's something else that's going on in Merced right now. Not only in Merced, but at the MAC. I told you, there. Uh, Colton is all over this stuff. I was going to say, it's the return of the Mac. Right? Colton and like Dennis. five people will get that joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, Saboteur. This week on Saboteur, the agents have been arrested and put in prison for art theft. Can they make it out of prison to uncover the identity of the Saboteur? That's this week on Saboteur, presented by the Phoenix Creative Collective at the Mac. Danimer said. Uh, that is Saturday at 7 p.m. Sounds fishy. <laughs> uh, this is great. So what Saboteur is, it's in, again, we did a, uh, an interview with Joe a couple weeks ago, but it's a live game show that we do. And yeah, and Joe's great at this. Like this is- I know, thing I saw him. his, uh, I went, me and Kathleen, uh, so Kathleen Ennis and I, who's also a board member at PTP, mm-hmm. uh, we headed down to Merced Playhouse mm-hmm. and watched Joe do the- I know you're not supposed to call it the S word. It was drama. Drama Island. Is drama what you're Island. To. Yes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I loved it. We had the. We went in there like okay, right, rah, rah, rah. right, and we laughed our butts off and mm-hmm. had the best time. So yeah. it, it was a good time. So I'm I'm really looking forward yeah. to this show is saboteur. A, uh, saboteur. This show is amazing because it's it's really cool because there's kind of a narrative that drives through. It's it's a whole secret agent spy kind of thing. And so we're we're using a lot of kind of interesting technology with cameras and following people around and and yeah they're like 
stuff going off and there's smoke and there's all kinds of stuff. So it's it's really cool from a spectacle standpoint, but then it's really interesting from a competitive standpoint as well because it's a group of people who are all working together to earn money, but one of them is secretly working against the group. And so the real game is, can they find out who that person is? Yeah, so it's super fun. It's great. Saturdays in the Mac. Uh, if you want more information, look up at Phoenix CC Merced on Facebook or Twitter, and you'll find everything you need to find there. So, that goes back to our interactive theater. So yeah, exactly. Check, check, check it out. Right, that's what I'm talking about. And we've we've packed that place out the the last two weeks. I missed last week's show. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. But both weeks, it's been full of people. So tickets are 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 kind of an interesting thing. You can actually, when you go to the place, you can roll the dice to see how much you're going to pay. And the great thing is that the you know, the proceeds go to the, it's, it's a fundraiser that mm-hmm. we're doing. So it's being produced by the, by the Phoenix group, but the, the proceeds really uh, go to the Mac itself to support the programs that they're doing there. So if you can get out to that super fun, super interesting, great concept. And yeah, you'll have it. You'll have a good time if, if you go and you get a chance to see if you can outsmart the saboteur as well. So Ooh. yeah, exactly. Big episode coming up this week. I'm very excited for it. So nice. Nice. That is all I have for Around the Valley. Uh, If anybody else has got anything else, of course, you can always. Oh. Yes. What do you got? What about, they got the all-female Romeo and Juliet. Oh, that's right. That's right. Another thing, the last thing I'm going to bring up is this is something that's really exciting. This is at the Center Stage Conservatory. It is happening September 7th through 23rd. And they are presenting William Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet with an all-female cast. Romeo and Juliet is a timeless tale of two lovers torn apart by the feud between their families, which speaks to the terrible costs of such division within our communities. Director Caroline Stevens has put together an ensemble of ten women from the Valley to comprise the cast of Romeo and Juliet, performing the characters as the gender they were written. The all-female cast provides the perfect backdrop to explore the gender themes in this classic love story. Come witness how Romeo and Juliet challenge societal ideas and incorporate traits of the opposite gender. Shakespeare's decision for the pair to defy the gender standards of the time brings their love together in an undeniable way. Yet, as the play unravels, their attempts to reconform to the societal expectations eventually leads to their ill-fated tragedy, rating PG, tickets $15 general admission, 10 for students, performances September 7 to 23, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday... They're located at the Lower Level Studio at 948 11th Street, downtown Modesto, off the corner of 11th and J. And for more information, contact 209-846-0179 or cheerslove at rockandmail.com. A special thank you to Merced Shakespeare Fest for their sponsorship. So that's going on at CSE. That sounds super fun and interesting, and I want to go see it. Yeah. So uh, now we're going to head on over and I'm going to do my interview with Michael Hewitt from Prospect Theater Project about Yankee Tavern. Okay, so I am talking with Michael Hewitt from Prospect Theater Project today. Michael, how are you doing? Doing fine. Thank you, Andrew. Good, good, good. Thanks so much for joining us this week on Phoenix Talk Radio. That's my pleasure. 
So, Michael, you are directing the the upcoming season opener for Prospect, the 18th season opener, I believe, and that show is Yankee Tavern. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, Yankee Tavern. Uh, uh, it's uh, our first show of the season, uh, and uh, I think it's the second time I've directed an opening show for the season. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, being able to get it offered to the public. Awesome. That's that's. Outstanding, and I'm looking forward to to seeing what's in store too. Now, Yankee Tavern is not a show that I that I know at all. I'm I'm curious, and I, I spoke I've spoken with a, a few other people who are involved, and I'm curious. Can you what can you tell me about Yankee Tavern without uh, without spoiling anything that I shouldn't know? Um, basically, Yankee Tavern is a thriller, um, and it all kind of centers around the idea of uh, conspiracy theories, um, that's kind of at its roots, but then it goes a little bit, uh, deeper in, into that, um, uh, takes place in a, um, rundown, uh, tavern in, um, young man, uh, who owns the bar, uh, uh, being played by Teddy Snyder. Uh, it's a grad student uh, who works and uh, owns, functions as the owner of the uh, Yankee Tavern, uh, inherited from his father. Um, there is a hotel uh, that's located above, both of which are have seen better days and are uh, scheduled for demolition. And so Adam is just kind of keeping the place going up until uh, the time that uh, he's either done with his grad school work or the wrecking ball comes, whichever happens to come first. Uh, he has a fiance, Janet. Uh, she's in the midst of planning their wedding and going through all the uh, frustrations that uh, go with that. Uh, and they're kind of, you know, navigating this space of, of, you know, setting forth on the life, uh, going through tensions that come as you plan something like a wedding. Um, and all this kind of gets complicated by one of the long, long time denizens of the hotel, um, Ray. And Ray is a uh, conspiracy theorist. Uh, he was also a longtime friend of Adam's father. Um, Janet is being played by Amber Rain Fowler. Uh, Ray is being played by Jack Souza. Um, he uh, he's very eloquent, insightful, uh, charismatic, gregarious. Uh, and he has a bunch of facts at his fingertip, um, and he weaves these facts into these theories, um, which, you know, that's the basis of a conspiracy theory. You take a series of seemingly disassociated facts, and you find connections between them that you think leads you to some dark, nefarious, um, covert, you know, picture or intent behind them. Mm-hmm. Um so that's kind of basically where, you know, the play takes off uh, with the three of them. Uh, into this mix, we get a Mr. Stranger who arrives, um, uh, played by uh, Nick Zagoni. And that kind of throws a little wrench into what was seemingly a, a fairly smooth life uh, and sets us onto this twisty path as we go throughout the play. It sounds interesting. I'm really looking forward to to seeing that and to to kind of finding out how all of those those characters and those plots uh, twist themselves up and unwind. Uh, it sounds great. Um, what 
as the director of this particular show, what what made you want to direct this? What what made you say, hey, this is this is something that I want to take on as a director? Uh, well, I just think it was the nature of the story that was being told. Um, as I was perusing scripts and looking for things to suggest for this season, uh, I ran across this one. Um, I liked the fact one; it was a small cast. The last show I directed here was a much larger cast. Um, and so I liked the fact it was a small cast show. Um, and then I just liked the tale that it told. I liked the twist that it took. Uh, I thought the characters were engaging, uh, had an interesting story to tell. Um, I thought the little twists and turns were clever. I liked the, how contemporary, you know, the idea of conspiracy theories, uh, is, um, in the grand scheme of things that we see going on in our country today. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like an interesting idea to explore. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. And shifting over to the production side just a little bit, I've had an opportunity to take a look at your sets kind of in work. Talk to me a little bit about the the set and the process for that and how that, that plays into the production as well. Well, the set was designed by uh, Jack Souza. Um, and, uh, you know, it was... The idea was to take what would have been a, a fairly nice bar in the 1940s, a uh, place that was a, um, as Ray calls it, a destination place uh, within New York City, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know age it and 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 get it to where uh, you know it it shows the ghosts of its past. That's one of the thing about the hotel that's located above the tavern mm-hmm. is that it's inhabited by ghosts, which uh, um, are friendly ghosts. They're not necessarily evil ghosts, um, but this echoes the idea of the, the ghosts of our pasts and the ghosts of our past as individuals and also as a collective. Uh, and so the idea was to create this bar uh, which would echo that and have uh, sort of the ghost of the past. It is the Yankee Tavern. It's set in in New York, and so we have a lot of Yankees memorabilia that is on the set, um, and some of it are from the old past players, the ghost of the players that can still kind of inhabit things. Um, so that began the basic idea of the construction, and uh, you know, it, uh, it it's a little bit of a challenge going around and finding all the Yankee memorabilia that I needed. Um, if I had been doing a uh, a play about the, the San Francisco Giants or that centered around the Los Angeles Dodgers or the Oakland A's or something here on the West Coast, I would have had an easier time. Um, but there were some Yankee fans around who came through and helped uh, come through with some memorabilia for us. Um, it was actually not a bad construct as far as uh, putting the set together. Uh, we've had uh, we've had our backs to the wall many times more than this. Um, so it's been a pretty smooth build. Um, but I think it creates the right environment for these characters to um, reside within and to explore their stories. It's outstanding. And, and it's, you know, it's beautiful. Like I said, I've, I've had a chance to see it. So one of the things that I like so much about uh, Jack sets in specific are that he, he does a really good job of designing them to look like real spaces. And so I, I think that that provides an awesome opportunity for the actors to inhabit those spaces as as realistic characters. And so I'm looking forward to what you what you do with that as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, I've always felt that often the set 
it's just one additional character in the play. Um, you know, the actors uh, each take on their roles as far as characters, but then the set can also offer itself as a character. And uh, and I think when an actor has the opportunity to play within an environment that appears so real, um, I, I think that adds uh, a boost to their ability to define their own characters. Yeah, it's very true. And there's something very lovely about the design, the space design of the the prospect as it is right now, because of the different ways that the audience can be configured and because of the different ways sets can be set up there. In a lot of theaters, you get very flat sets. You could get sets that are very dimensional, but that feel very flat because of the distance of the audience from from the performance itself. But the immediacy of what you guys have got there, I think also plays into that that sense of feeling like something real is happening right there. Oh, definitely. Um, the intimacy uh, here in this theater is just amazing. Uh, and like you say, there's a flexibility with how uh, seating can be arranged. Um, but no matter where you sit in this, you're almost on, you know, part of uh, what's going on on stage. There are a time when actors can be almost in your lap um, and you can reach out and, and touch one, which I don't suggest. Uh, <laughs> But uh, that sort of closeness definitely brings an audience, uh, I think, deeper into the story. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds great. Well, last uh, last moments here then. Let me just ask you, can you tell our audience why, why do you think they should come out and see Yankee Tavern when it opens this Friday? Well, definitely, I think, A, we just need to keep supporting live theater and Modesto. Um, you know, local live theater is just something that cannot be replaced by anything else. Um, and uh, Prospect has a, a history of, of putting on top-notch, first-rate, innovative uh, type shows that you will not see uh, anywhere else in this area um, mm-hmm. as consistently. Uh, you know, like you said, this is our 18th season here at Prospect. Um, and I think you know, the audiences will really be sucked into the telling of this story. Um, I've had the good fortune, you know, the last few shows I've directed here of working with some really terrific actors and having terrific stories uh, to tell. And I think this is going to be another uh, play along those lines. And it's definitely I think it's a, a great way to start the season. Well, that sounds outstanding. Thank you again so much, Michael, for joining me today. That's Yankee Tavern, which starts at Prospect Theater Project here coming this Friday, the 14th, and it runs, I believe, through the 30th. Is that correct? Last show's on Sunday, the 30th? That's correct. Uh, from the 14th through the 30th with our uh, final Sunday matinee performance, of course, being our uh, usual talkback performance where the audience is invited to stay and, and then ask questions of the the director of the cast and so forth. That's right, which is always a whole lot of fun on both sides of the the fence there. So, yeah, I, I would uh, like to mention before I uh, go that uh, remind everybody that uh, if they buy their tickets online, they could take advantage of the opening weekend buy one get one free offer uh, by going to our online box office at uh, https prospect tickets dot com. Absolutely. And also, if they are interested in more information about the the rest of the season or anything else that's coming up, 
Uh, the website, of course, is prospecttheaterproject.org. And uh, in the show notes, they'll also be able to find other contact information for, for PTP. So that's great. Anything else you want to plug before I let you go here, Michael? Uh, no, that's it. I think um, that about says it all. Uh, look forward to uh, seeing good houses turn out, uh, seeing everybody, greeting everybody. Um, tickets are available online. Uh, they can find the link through the website. There's also the box office phone, 209-549-9341. We are located at Prospect Theater Project, 1214 K Street, downtown Modesto. Perfect. Well, Well, thanks again, Michael. I really appreciate you spending some time with me today, and I look forward to seeing you at the theater later this week. Sounds good, Andrew. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak with you. Well, thank you so much for joining me this week. It has been a pleasure having you, Miss Catherine, here in the studio. It's awesome. Well, shucks. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, anytime, anytime you want to come back, please, uh, please feel free to join me. Uh, and I want to thank all the rest of you for joining us this week on Phoenix Talk Radio. Phoenix Talk Radio is a production of the Phoenix Podcast Network, an affiliate of the Phoenix Creative Collective. You can connect with the Phoenix Creative Collective by emailing phoenixccmerced at gmail.com. You can find them online at Facebook and Twitter by searching at phoenixccmerced. The Phoenix Podcast Network offers a variety of shows, like our scripted interactive audio drama, The Operation, launching later this month, and The Geeking Out, a Steal This Idea podcast, starring Noelle Chandler with me, Andrew Burkham, where each week we sit down and chat with one of the diverse citizens of the world and explore their unique experiences while spontaneously solving all of the world's problems. Also coming up later this month, we have Ashburn, our new horror anthology series which I'm very, I'm very excited about. And which, by the way, we are seeking both writers and narrators for. So if you have an interest in writing or reading horror stories, <laughs> please contact me. You can do that. Uh, you can find the Phoenix Podcast Network on Facebook and Twitter at Podcast Phoenix or email phoenixpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. That's all for this week. Now get out there and make or experience some art this week. Huzzah! dreams were of music again, but I wasn't playing. I was wandering through the forest on the edge of the clearing in which the house stood and I could hear the sounds of the music coming from the house. I began to walk out of the woods and towards the house, and as I did, the music stopped. The sound of the wind rose suddenly behind me, coming from the woods all around, but I felt no wind. Then I woke up. Ashburn, Nebraska, a quaint town with a population of only 99, but with secrets that are infinite. Please, please leave this place. Join us in Ashburn, premiering soon on the Phoenix Podcast Network.
I don't know what's here. Look for more details on at Podcast Phoenix on Facebook and Twitter.